You know what we need? We need a radio show on the air, like maybe on Saturday nights, that talks about this kind of thing. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur. I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles, and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. Joan, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle? right here on WABC. And tonight you you can become part of the show by giving us a call. Phone number is 800-848-WABC, 848-WABC. And for those of you who can't quite figure out what the letters are, that's 9222. You know, I hate those things, actually, when companies do that, right? So it's 800-848-9222. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and I'm the host of What's Your Wrinkle? We've been on the air for eight and a half years, almost nine years already, every Saturday evening and now at 6 p.m. on WABC, and we're answering your questions. So the things that have kept you up at night, like at 3 in the morning, and you're wondering, you know, is that brown spot on my face, is it something I need to take off for cosmetic reasons? Is it uh, medically necessary? What, what's the story? And you get up and you look in the mirror. You know what I'm talking about. Or those wrinkles. Those wrinkles, when you're 47 years old and you look in the mirror and you've got those first little wrinkles around your eyes, you wonder, what can you do? Is there something that really works? Is a skincare program something that works? Or do you need Botox or a Xeomin or, or some invasive cosmetic procedure? This is the show to call. And give me a call and ask me those questions, and I'll be happy to... Do a consult for you right here on the radio. The consult is free. Now, remember that the advice that I give, you know, it doesn't substitute for your own uh, doctor's advice, uh, but it might shortcut the process for you just a bit. The phone number, once again, 800-848-WABC. Well, tonight we're going to talk about a lot of different things. So get your calls in early. We're going to talk about, you might have heard about that malpractice suit that was settled just last week for over $2 million in New York City. It's a liposuction, a terrible story. It's about a liposuction death. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Not such a fun topic, but we will talk about the biggest bang-for-your-buck procedures in all of cosmetic surgery, and you'll be surprised to hear what some of my votes are. The biggest bang-for-your-buck procedures in all of cosmetic surgery. Uh, We're also going to talk about uh, melanoma once again. We talked a little bit about it last week, but it really is skyrocketing in uh, in the numbers in women in particular, in young women and older women. We're going to talk about what you can do to hopefully prevent getting melanoma. We're going to talk about Botox and uh, maybe about a fake doctor, if we get to this, a fake doctor performing liposuction in New York. Oh, my goodness, you can't imagine what goes on. If you listen to this show, I'm here to keep you out of trouble and give you some good advice. Well, this is Dr. Arthur Perry. Tony, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? 
Tony, are you there? All right, I'm not hearing Tony. Tony, are you on the line? There you go. What can I do for you, Tony? Hi, thank you. What's your wrinkle? Under my chin in that dreaded chicken turkey neck, I just turned 50 and I feel it. And I'm wondering what, what is the appropriate age to come in and what is the technique? I heard about light therapy and all that and... Uh, I just don't know what to do. Okay, Tony. Now, now you're 50. The, the question is, I'm going to ask you, how much do you weigh? Like 140. Okay, you're 140. How tall are you? 5'7". I, mean, I had to think about that. Okay, 5'7", 140, so you're certainly within your ideal weight. Now, when you look at your neck, is it wrinkled skin? Is it those two bands, you know, those Catherine Hepburn bands that go from your from your uh, chin down to almost to your uh, chest, are they those bands? Or is it fat? What is it? No, it's definite. It's the bands that go straight down from my chin down to bands. my throat. Okay. So, and, and I ask these questions because uh, they are treated differently. Now, I can tell you that if you've got those bands, here's what they are, by the way. They're muscle bands. They're muscle bands that you've always had since you were born. You had those muscle bands, but you didn't see them. And the reason you didn't see them is because, because your skin was thicker and your skin was quite taut. But as you got older, and 50's not old, believe me, but... You've got 20 years, 20 years of solid skin aging under your belt because from age 30 on, your skin thins at a rate of 1% each year, and you lose the proteins that make up the integrity of the skin, collagen, which is the structural layer of our skin. That's what leather is made of. You lose that. You lose elastin. Those are the stretchy fibers of the skin, and you lose hyaluronic acid. That keeps your skin nice and moist. So uh, here you are, 20% down from when, uh, when you were 30, and you're beginning to see the weight of the muscle in your neck. So the question is, is there something non-invasive that you can do? And you mentioned light therapy. First of all, I'm a great proponent of skin care, but I can tell you there's no skin care, including mine, that will help those bands in the neck. So skin care, while it's good and it's important, it's not going to help those bands. And then we okay. talk about light therapy. You mentioned that, intense yeah, pulse read, light, IPL. Skin, yeah, skin tightening, they called it. Yeah, that's not going to help one iota in the neck, unfortunately. It just okay. is not. It really isn't. And, and I'm a big fan. The type of skin tightening that I like is, uh, is Althera. But it's different. Uh, when we tighten the skin, I can certainly help the crepiness of your skin and a little bit of the loose skin. But we cannot, we don't have any non-invasive treatment that can get rid of those bands in the neck. Now, some people have used Botox in the neck, but I don't like it for those bands in the neck. And, in fact, for the one death, yes, I said death two years ago uh, for Botox uh, used for cosmetic purposes, it was used in the neck. And what happened to that person is uh, she had trouble swallowing and aspirated some uh, food into her lungs and wound up getting pneumonia and dying. Now, that's a rare thing, of course, and, uh, uh, but it's in the literature. And, and I certainly don't like to use Botox in the neck or in the lower half of the face. And when I talk about Botox, by the way, uh, we use it generically on this show. Uh, that means um, it's botulinum toxin. That's really the name of the word. Botox is one of the three brands of botulinum toxin, the other being Xeomin and Dysport. So 
We've uh, we've kind of eliminated the non-invasive things. I wish there were. I really do. I wish there were a uh, some sort of uh, non-invasive therapy, some treatment for that particular problem. But unfortunately, there isn't. It is surgery, and the surgery and, that and, we have I, for I the bands in the neck. When I see, when I stand in the mirror and I pull my skin behind my ear, it disappears. Yep, and and that's right. So uh, here are the two operations uh, that we can offer someone with the issue that you have, and you're right at that age. You're 50. That's the age that people start having facelifts. Some people need full facelifts, and that means we make an incision in front of the ear and we lift the jowls and the cheeks as well as the neck skin. We make an incision underneath the chin and tighten those two bands, bring those muscles together. Some people can get away with just the lower half of that. Now, I call this a band lift. Its formal name is platysmaplasty, and now you know why I call it a band lift. Boy, that name is such a big one, platysmaplasty. But it is an operation that is really quite good and with a very high satisfaction rate. And it can be done under local anesthesia alone. Usually we do it local anesthesia with sedation. And just that part of the operation takes about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half. And we bring those muscles together with stitches. We lift up the skin over those muscles. And, uh, and you know, you're out of commission for about 10 days or so, maybe two weeks. And then you're back, and you look significantly better. It's called a platysmaplasty, and it's becoming more and more popular, by the way, now that we have some non-invasive procedures to lift the cheeks up. Well, thanks so much for the call, Tony. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC, where the phone number is 800-848-9222, WABC, 848-9222. We're going to take a short break, and when we return from the break, we've got so much to talk about. And by the way, we're going to be answering your phone calls for the second half hour, just like last week. So if you uh, are interested in having your phone phone, uh, uh, call answered and your question answered, stay on the line after the show ends. We'll air it on another date. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. We'll be back after these words. Why look so awfully tragic? Put on a happy face. Smiling can work like magic. Put on a happy face. What's your wrinkle, Dr. Arthur Perry? What's your wrinkle? This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. Probably, uh, I would venture to say that this is the best radio station in the United States. Would you guys agree in the studio? Uh, Of course you do. Anyway, tonight we're going to talk about that uh, $2.3 million settlement against the plastic surgeon. You hear that one? It was in the news last week. $2.3 million for uh, someone, unfortunately, who passed away shortly after a liposuction procedure. Now, she was 32 years old. We won't mention the doctor's name. We're not going to mention the patient's name. We're going to just talk about the, the story and why why there possibly could be a death with liposuction. Well, you know, all procedures have risks. Everybody knows that. And, uh, you know, some procedures are riskier than other procedures. And it turns out that procedures like mole removal, of course, there's virtually no chance of something terrible happening with that, right? But when we go undergo general anesthesia and we uh, invade the body more and more, uh, there's progressively higher risks. There are risks of uh, infection with virtually any procedure. There's a risk of bleeding with any procedure. There's a risk of blood clots with any procedure. There really is, and certain procedures have higher risks than others. So when we do something like a body lift, 
that's a pretty big procedure. We uh, That's a tummy tuck that goes circumferentially around the body. There's actually a 2% published DVT. That's a, a blood clot in the leg rate with that procedure. And when we do a tummy tuck, it's a, uh, a risk of uh, somewhat less than that, but over 1%. So that's pretty high. And when we have higher risk procedures, we initiate some sort of therapy or some sort of prevention of risks, of problems. So, for instance, when I do a tummy tuck, we put boots on patients' legs and they keep the blood flowing, but that's not enough. We then also give a dose of something called heparin, which is a blood thinner prior to surgery, and that decreases the risk of a blood clot in the leg. But the older you are and the more risks you have, for instance, if you have the gene for blood clotting, that increases your risk. If you're on birth control pills of any type, or even if you've got that ring, and you know what I'm talking about, the ring that elutes, nice word, right? It elutes hormones. Well, that increases your risk of a blood clot. If you smoke, it increases the risk of, your, of a blood clot. And if you're overweight, it increases your risk. Well, those are some of the risks of liposuction. And the chance of a death, a death with a cosmetic procedure like liposuction, is somewhere in the area of one in several hundred thousand. In, you know, it might range from several hundred thousand to uh, maybe one and a half a million, something like that. And if you figure every year in the United States, there's about 300,000 liposuctions. Uh, you know, there's a handful of people who actually can die from those procedures, heaven forbid. And we don't want to think about that, but your doctor needs to think about that, and you need to think about that, because not all procedures are uniformly safe. Now, I've been doing liposuction since 1985, and thankfully, you know, I haven't had any uh, major issues, thankfully. Uh, I certainly try, as most plastic surgeons do, try to evaluate patients, have you be uh, seen by a, a general internal medicine doctor before surgery, and evaluate your risks. And if your risks are too high, I turn you down. So that means if you've got a history of a blood clot in the leg, you know, it might not be the best idea to have a procedure where you might wind up getting another one. So I turned a patient down this week who had a prior uh, history of a blood clot. Uh, you know, so when we think about uh, when we do surgery, when we are to operate, we want to minimize the chance of something growing, going wrong. Well, in this particular case uh, where someone, uh, a 32-year-old woman, died in uh, the operating room, or not in the operating room, but afterwards of a blood clot in the leg, you know, it's a terrible thing. It's a, it's a terrible thing for the patient, of course. It's a terrible thing for the family, of course. And it is a terrible thing for the doctor because I don't know a single plastic surgeon or physician who's not terribly affected by complications with their patients. So certainly we do everything possible to prevent that. When you read these things in the newspaper about complications after surgery, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it is a, you know, no pun intended, it's a complicated topic, and we certainly want to minimize those things. But the only way to minimize and make 0% complications is not to operate. And it's like flying. When you get in an airplane and you go to Los Angeles, there's a, a small chance of the plane not surviving, of not getting there. The only way to minimize that is not get in the airplane, and it's somewhat of the same thing. Uh, but, again, uh, you know, those of you who have not read my book, and I bet you there are a couple of you out there, it's called uh, Straight Talk About Cosmetic Surgery. I've got a whole chapter in the book on risk and how you can stay safe in cosmetic surgery. Well, this is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here 
on WABC. Once again, the phone number, 800-848-9222. And by the way, I didn't mention earlier, we are giving out bottles of nighttime, nighttime nourishing serum for the skin. Uh, that is my skin cream. Actually, it's not a cream. You know, it's easy to call it a cream. It's a serum. I My prior versions of these things were creams, but I created a serum now. And the reason I created a serum is because there's less residue. And by having less residue, there's less chance of clogged pores and things like that. So nighttime is a light serum. It's kind of like maple syrup on the skin, not quite that heavy. Uh, it contains 10% vitamin C, the right type of vitamin C, the type that really works. There are types that don't do anything. And those of you who are skincare gurus, you might see things like magnesium, ascorbyl phosphate, you know, these very complex uh, chemical names. And it uh, turns out that there's no science to the other types of vitamin Cs because they either don't penetrate the skin or don't do what they're supposed to do. The only type is L-ascorbic acid, and that's what we have in nighttime. I also have vitamin A and lactic acid and citric acid. Those are two alpha-hydroxy acids, and they're very good because uh, they smooth your skin. And, and people who use nighttime say that the very next morning after using it for the first time, their skin feels smoother, and that's because of the exfoliant effect of the alpha-hydroxy acids, the fruit acids. But, you know, when I hear commercials on the radio and see those incredible commercials on TV, people who lose their wrinkles in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I know they're fraudulent. I hope you know they're fraudulent. The reason they're fraudulent is because it's impossible. It's impossible to have a skin cream or any type of, uh, of ingredient that actually gets rid of wrinkles in that short a period of time. Let me tell you a little bit about why that is. And by the way, if you see it, there are two types of, uh, of skin care preparations that do get rid of wrinkles immediately or very quickly. Uh, one of those is a silicon that just kind of coats your skin like that stuff that you use on your car. You know, if you've got a little crack in your windshield, it coats it, and then you don't see the crack. But when you wash that off, your wrinkles back. So that's really a cosmetic. That's not a skincare treatment. The other one I call a sweller. Those are ingredients. They're chemicals. They're drugs that cause inflammation in the skin. When they cause inflammation, if you remember those old movies, remember those things from the 1950s or 40s where uh, the uh, young ladies would... You know, they'd do that to their face. They'd uh, slap their face a few times, gently, of course, to cause just a little bit of swelling, get a little bit of redness and less wrinkles in their face. Well, that's what those swellers do. They actually cause inflammation of the skin. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? Boy, I'll tell you, inflammation of the skin is not a good thing. In the short term, it doesn't really matter. But if you use those things repeatedly, the repeated swelling and settling down and swelling and settling down causes a condition of the skin, uh, and it causes the skin to actually grow and create, paradoxically, more wrinkles. Yep, it's true. And, in fact, some of the ingredients that are used to cause that swelling, uh, like DMAE, that's one of those ingredients, uh, was shown, that particular one was shown about three years ago at a, in a very good study at the University of Quebec, was shown to actually destroy cells and damage DNA. So if you're putting that stuff on your face, well, what are you doing? You're causing inflammation and actually aging your skin. It's a paradoxical effect. So my skin creams, my skin serum, I don't use things like that. We want to use things with proven science, 
things that really work. And, uh, and that's uh, what nighttime is all about. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. We'll be back after these words. Why look so awfully tragic? Put on a happy face. Smiling can work. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? Back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle? My guest this evening is Dr. James McKinney, who's an assistant professor of neurology at the Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. He's the medical director of the Stroke Center at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. Dr. McKinney, are you on the line? I am. How are you tonight? Great. Thanks so much for taking your Saturday evening. Now, we're going to uh, spend a couple minutes together, and then we're going to hang on the line, and we're going to record some more for next week's show. So, uh, um, now, I wanted to talk to you this evening about uh, strokes. How serious is the threat of strokes to individuals, men and women, in the United States? Well, stroke's a serious problem, and uh, May is Stroke Awareness Month. That's one of the reasons uh, we're on the radio this evening. Um, but it's a, it's a true medical emergency, and uh, to convey the seriousness of it, sometimes we refer to it as a brain attack. Uh, but stroke is uh, typically caused by either a blood clot blocking blood flow and oxygen delivery to the brain or a, a ruptured blood vessel causing bleeding into the brain itself. Uh, currently in the United States, stroke is the fourth leading cause of death, um, and it kills over 130,000 people every year in the U.S. It's a leading cause of serious long-term adult disability and one of the most common reasons somebody's discharged from a hospital to a nursing facility. Uh, currently, we have about 7 million stroke survivors living in the uh, United States, and about 800,000 strokes happen every year here. Uh, that's one every 40 seconds, and one fatal stroke killing somebody happens every four minutes. Um, and the most important thing is stroke can happen to, to anyone at any time, regardless of age, uh, race, or gender, and uh, stroke is treatable and preventable. So now... Uh, I'm going to give out the Robert Wood Johnson uh, website uh, where patients and consumers can learn a little bit more about strokes. It's rwjuh.edu slash the word stroke, rwjuh.edu slash stroke. So now, uh, real quickly, we're going to just finish off the show. If someone is having symptoms of a stroke, you know, what do they do? Do they just go to the local hospital? Tell me about it. Well, so the most important thing, if, if you or somebody that, you, uh, that you're around, you suspect that they're having a stroke, uh, is to call 911 and activate emergency medical services. Uh, studies have repeatedly shown that's the fastest way to access uh, emergent uh, health care. And uh, in, in New Jersey, as well as other states, uh, pre-hospital providers and EMS uh, uh, medics are, are route patients to the closest appropriate center, and, and most of those are uh, certified stroke centers. All right, uh, Dr. James McKinney, we're going to uh, talk to you also a little bit. Uh, just hang on the line because uh, we're going to uh, talk to you for next week's show also. So I've got some more questions for you. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. Every week, 6 p.m., right here, same channel, same time, we'll be back. I want everyone to remember their sunscreen this weekend because it's going to be a hot one tomorrow. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you all next week.